we are setting most leaders up for failure. What do I mean by that? Well, we have extremely high expectations. We put them on pedestals. We think they can do more than they can really do. So they start thinking they can do more than they can really do. They start getting arrogant or thinking more of themselves than they should. And it just really causes issues. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Seek, Go, Create, which is a continuation of our series on the faith-driven leader. Today, the episode is about overcoming challenges, subtitled The Grit and Grace of Faith-Driven Leadership. What a great title there, The Grit and Grace of Faith-Driven Leadership. I'm Tim Winders. I'm your host. I'm going to be walking us through a few tips, strategies, a few things that we can do to overcome challenges or I guess gird ourselves up, protect ourselves from challenges in this episode today. This is episode four of the episodes we've had. We've had Unleashing the Power of Faith-Driven Leadership, Beyond Success, Why Faith-Driven Leadership Matters, and then Mastering Faith-Driven Leadership, Proven Tips and Strategies. That was episode one, two, and three. Go check those out if you haven't listened to those already. And then our last episode after this one will be purpose-driven leadership, how faith can transform your leadership. In other words, how we can use all of this to lead others and build our teams. This is going to be a fun one because part of what caused me to begin looking at this were some challenges that I kept seeing in leaders and leaders in faith circles also, not just people that are out in the world, the unwashed masses, the Gentiles, so to speak, people that don't really care about faith. I kept seeing it in people that were church leaders, people that were business leaders that claimed to be people of faith. And it just really bothered me. And so one of the things that I wanted to do was put together something that might just be a resource that would help those of us that like to call ourselves leaders that are driven by our faith or that our faith is a foundation of our leadership, some tools and resources and things that we can use. So this episode is really the foundation of that. We're going to be looking at some reasons why leaders fall or have challenges or have issues and then some things that we could put in place to try to prevent that. And we've got a biblical example of overcoming challenges, and it is probably the example of all examples that we could pull from the Bible, and that is King David and some, I guess, some tips that we could get from his story. I just actually finished reading it again. I do a read through the Bible every year, and this year I'm doing it not chronologically like I did last year. I am doing it from the books of the Bible. And I've just finished reading the book of Kings and everything in Kings, every leader that says that they either did well or they didn't do well, they did evil in the sight of the Lord, or they did things well, it's in comparison back to King David. So that's why we're going to look at King David shortly. But let's go ahead and jump into some of the things that I see as being reasons why 
we have challenges. Now, there's going to be just some things that happen, some things that naturally occur, but then there's also things that we bring on ourselves, some things that are just naturally going to happen because we're doing things that keep us unprotected, I guess might be a way of saying it, from the things that could come at us as faith-driven leaders. Let's look at a list of some of those items that we need to just be mindful of. First thing let's talk about is expectations. And this is something that I've been talking about for some time now. I really do believe that we are setting most leaders up for failure. What do I mean by that? Well, we have extremely high expectations. We put them on pedestals. We think they can do more than they can really do. So they start thinking they can do more than they can really do. They start getting arrogant or thinking more of themselves than they should. And it just really causes issues. Leaders often faced high expectations from themselves, others. And of course, because we are faith driven, we many times feel as if God has high expectations of us, which he does. I do not think that he doesn't. But many times the expectations that he has is founded in the grace that he has, which is knowing that he can provide all that we need to be the leaders that we need to be. This can lead to a lot of pressure to achieve, which can really take its toll on our mental and our physical health. It can lead to stress and stress truthfully can be the downfall of most leaders. We'll talk more about things related to that in just a moment. So let's just talk about expectations and let's just go ahead right now, set the foundation and say that many times we will allow the expectations that we have, that others have, that possibly God has to create challenges and issues for us. Now, the second thing that I want to mention in this area that makes expectations even more challenging is the ability to compare ourselves with other people so easily in today's culture. In the age of social media, it's so easy for leaders to compare ourselves to others and feel inadequate or inferior, or we could puff ourselves up more than we really should because we have more followers, more people responding, more engagement, all of those things that we can have in the era of social media. This can lead to feelings of arrogance, or it can also lead to feelings of discouragement and low self-esteem. And I do want to say this, that one of the biggest challenges I've seen is when leaders move up the, we'll call it the ladder of success, they get to a place where it's kind of lonely. They look around and they are looked upon as an expert or they're looked up to by most people around them. They have very few people that will tell them what they really need to be told. And then all of a sudden they start questioning themselves. So they feel as if they might have some low self-esteem, but they have to keep acting as if they're confident and they've got it all together. They've got their act together. So that's quite a conundrum that leaders can be in. And it's because of that comparison, the comparison that leaders can have. Let's look at the next thing that can cause issues. And listen, we know this is the case. This is biblical. We see it throughout challenges in the Bible. We see it through, throughout challenges in leadership. And that is pride and ego. I had someone in a Bible study years ago that Every time someone brought something up, they would say pride and selfishness, pride and selfishness. And 
you know what? There's a lot of truth to that, that pride, ego, pride, and selfishness is really the challenge, the downfall, the kryptonite that many of us, that many leaders have. Faith-driven leaders must remain humble and have humility and keep their focus on serving others, not on themselves, but serving others. However, we know that pride and ego can easily sneak in. It's like that yeast that can sneak in and lead leaders astray, causing them to put their own interest or their own selfishness before the needs of those that they serve. The next thing that I see start happening, I don't know if this is building upon itself when we're going through this list here, but many times that's the way it can start. The next thing that we see happening is when the alignment of our actions, our words, and our faith starts getting out of whack, it's really critical for leaders to ensure that their words and their actions are consistent with their faith. So many times I've been around leaders or people in leadership positions, especially in churches, we see this. I see it a lot in business too, but it seems to be magnified in a church setting. And that is where you see someone that stands up on stage and they say one thing, but then you get into a meeting with them or you get into a conflict situation or you get into a situation that's not in front of a lot of people. I'm doing air quotes for those that might not be able to see me. They act differently. It's inconsistent. You know, that is really the pharisaical or the hypocritical example that we see in the scriptures that Jesus hated so much. He was so tough with the Pharisees and the hypocrites, and we need to learn from that. We do not need to be that way. There just may be times when leaders struggle with temptation or make mistakes, and it can lead to misalignment, and it's a slippery slope. They can justify that they act like a jerk behind the scenes, but just show love and compassion when they're in front of people. And then they get behind the scenes and they are just not the type leader that they need to be. That's out of alignment and it's hypocritical. We do not want to be that way. This next one is a big one. And I think it's probably the biggest one that we're facing in the current society or culture. And that is fatigue and burnout. In general, most people, myself, others, we do not get enough rest. We get fatigued. We try to do more than we can actually do, and we just get burned out. Leaders may find themselves exhausted and drained from the demands of leadership. This can lead to physical and emotional exhaustion, making it difficult to maintain a strong faith and sense of purpose. I find that myself, other people, most leaders, people in leadership positions think they can operate off of adrenaline. Go, go, go. The hustle culture is really fed into this, that they can multitask and do things to the nth degree like no one else can. I once thought this way about myself, but now I'm just realizing I need rest. I need to slow down. I need quiet time. I need to just pause and relax so that I'm not dealing with fatigue and burnout. I actually right now attempt to monitor how much sleep I get more than anything else. I mean, I get some exercise, I go out and walk and move and do things like that. But I've noticed that I don't need to make any big decisions when I'm fatigued or exhausted. And I think that's a big challenge for many people. I think 
that many of the downfalls will go back to faith leaders, people in church situations that have had situations where they've been unfaithful or things like that, that it happens when they're tired, they're exhausted, their actions, words, and faith aren't lining up and we need to be rested. We need to not be suffering that burnout. Next item is related to that, and that is just dealing with deadlines and stress. If we've got quarterly things that have to be done in the corporate setting, or we have weekly things that have to be done in the ministry setting, we've got deadlines. We've got people that need us. They have to be served, right? Yes, that's the thought that we have. Leaders are often under pressure to meet deadlines and manage competing priorities. This can lead to stress anxiety, and a sense of overwhelmed. And what we attempt to do is just press in, use adrenaline to just overcome. We can do it. And because we're faith-driven leaders, we have this thought, and I think it's false, that God will provide, that he will just equip us and take care of us. And he will. But you know what? If we're going at a pace that's unsustainable, then there's only so much that can be done there. And rest is so important. We've got biblical examples of rest. <laughs> and Jesus did it. And so we should do it too. Deadlines and stress are something that we need to be mindful of. And then finally, this last one, before we talk about some strategies to address these challenges, that is just letting our guard down being around temptation, putting ourselves in situations that we really do not need to be in. Leaders are not immune to temptations and struggles. We are not so holy and so equipped with our scripture and our faith that we cannot be tempted and have the enemy really come at us with things. We've got to be cautious of that. Sometimes leaders may let their guard down, in fact, many times, leading to moral or ethical lapses that can damage their faith, their reputation. Everything they've worked for can be eroded quickly with one poor decision. I don't even have to say what that might be. Unfortunately, many times that's with men, and men will let their guard down and do something where they're around, let's just say a female, and we know how those things typically end up. Do not do that. Guard yourself against those temptations, especially if you're tired, especially if you're under stress and fatigued and your ego has been impacted. All these things that I just mentioned, when you let your guard down, it becomes even more likely that those temptations, those things can cause issues. All right, those are a lot of things. I'm sorry to pile on here, but those are a lot of things that we know can cause challenges with any leader, any leader at all, but specifically and especially faith-driven leaders. Let's look at a few things, practical things that can help us address those challenges. Number one thing, this is very important, and that is stay connected. Leaders must stay connected to a community of support, such as a church group or a group of people that can just surround you and be in prayer with you and encourage you, can speak things to you when you need to have it spoken to, can encourage you when you need to be encouraged, and correct you when you need to be corrected. This provides accountability, encouragement, and a source of mm -hmm. wisdom and guidance. Stay connected. I know one thing that I did at a time 
that I was so vulnerable. I was in such a challenging situation because of our business failures. And I just really had lost a lot of my confidence, truthfully, almost all my confidence. Probably if I would really have been evaluated or sought out some counseling at the time, I was probably in a state of depression. I spent a lot of time around my wife and quiet time with the Lord, but I disconnected. I wasn't around other people other people that were like-minded that could really help me. We had a church that we were going to at the time that was helpful, but I really needed to be around some other business people that could help me out in the situation. I isolated myself. Not good. So do not isolate yourself. Be around, be connected with other people. Very important. This next one is a word truthfully that I've struggled with, and it is prioritize self-care. I come from the tail end of the baby boom generation. And you know what? Self-care is not a word that we use very often. I think it's much more common in the generations that have come following us. And I think there's a lot that we can learn from that. I do think there are times maybe we overemphasize self-care. There's a balance, I guess. There's times that we do need to work hard, grind it out, do some things that I talked about earlier. And then we need to back off and then be mindful of taking care of ourselves, of resting, like we talked about earlier, of getting help, of asking for help from other people. Leaders must prioritize their own self-well-being to prevent burnout, exhaustion, stress, all the things we talked about earlier. This includes getting rest. I mentioned it earlier. I attempt to get, I used to be... <laughs> I've told this story before, but back in the nineties, I was go, go, go. I mean, I was like, I was way into the hustle culture and thinking that I could literally live all three, four hours of sleep a night. I was wrong by the way. Now I'm pretty excited and I need my seven and a half, sometimes eight hours. And I measure it to make sure it's good quality sleep. We need rest. Exercise is another thing. Nutrition, eat well, eat foods that satisfy you that that nourish your body and take care of yourself take care of this temple that we have taking time for hobbies relaxation things that can allow for some downtime i'm kind of swallowing my pride here and saying we need to prioritize self-care something that my generation people that are of certain generations and of certain mindsets have thought is a bad word we need self-care taking care of ourselves next we talked about this in a previous episode, but we need to practice humility. And it's weird that we say we have to practice humility because a lot of people say we're just humble or we're not. No, it is actually something that's like a muscle. We have to continually work our humility muscles so that we are learning how to do it. Now, here's what my belief is. If you don't practice it, I think it's going to be piled on you without you being able to control it much. That's what happened with me. I got arrogant. I got cocky. The economy went down in 08. And boy, I had some high doses of humility that were just piled upon me without me going after it. I think we should go after humility as much as we go after anything else. Leaders must regularly evaluate their motives and their actions to ensure that they remain humble and servant or stewardship minded. This can include seeking feedback and accountability from others, asking questions, being humble. That is such an action step that is helpful that we can learn from and really live out in all areas of our lives. Very important. 
This next one's kind of an odd one for faith-driven leaders, but it's important. And that is seeking forgiveness. I've got one leader that was the leader of a church. I'm just going to go ahead and say who it was. I listened to a podcast episode. Actually, it was a series. It was the rise and fall of Mars Hill. It was a big church out of Seattle. And uh, Mark Driscoll, I'll go ahead and name the name. Mark Driscoll was the leader there, and he's very dynamic. And that church grew at a mega rate, got massively huge. And then that church went through a downfall because it appears as if from all that was behind the scenes and all that came out of it, that that leader, Mark Driscoll, was just very much a hard, unforgiving, didn't have a lot of compassion leader behind the scenes. And that's all fine and good had we seen something where he repented, sought forgiveness from all those people. But if you listen to the way that was done, that podcast series, it just doesn't appear as if there was ever a situation where as a leader, Mark Driscoll, if he ever hears this, I would love to have communications with him and ask why was there not anything public where he just said, you know what, I'd like for those people to forgive me. I messed up. I made a mistake. And because that is so important, it grieves me when leaders do not admit that they made a mistake and seek forgiveness. When leaders make mistakes or fail to meet expectations, which is going to happen, that's almost a given, they must be willing to admit fault and seek forgiveness. I think so many times we believe that it shows weakness if we admit that we messed up, if we admit that we made a mistake. No, there's so much strength there. It involves repentance and making amends with those who have been impacted. And going back to the Mark Driscoll example, it would make me feel so good about seeing him as a leader. He's still out there. He's now got a church down in the Arizona area. Still doesn't appear to have come out and repented or made amends with all those people that were impacted in that church, that large church up in the Seattle area. It would make me feel so good if he would just say, you know what? I just ask forgiveness of God, of those people, and I would like to repent for anything that I did that might have been a negative impact. As a leader, it is so important to do that. I can almost guarantee you, if you're leading, if you're interacting with people, that there will be situations where you need to seek forgiveness and ask for people to forgive you when you make mistakes. And then finally, the example, before we get to our biblical example of King David Stay grounded in your faith. Your faith, God, is the foundation for everything that you are. And we've got to stay grounded. Leaders must stay anchored in their faith and their relationship with God, period. I mean, we could talk about coaches. We could talk about connecting with other people, asking forgiveness. But if your personal relationship with God is not anchored and solid or at least growing to some extent, there will be challenges. This involves regular prayer, scripture, seeking out spiritual mentors, guides, coaches, people like that, that can help you navigate challenges and maintain a strong sense of purpose. We must, as leaders, find ways that we can connect with people that can keep us accountable, that can keep us on track so that we do not begin slipping and falling into temptation or areas of weakness or areas of fatigue that can lead to downfall. I can't stress that enough. Stay grounded in faith. Stay grounded in faith for 
most of us, I think that means quiet time, alone time, not counting on everyone else, not counting on our job situation, our titles, our roles, our money, things like that. It is our ultimate faith and relationship with God. That is how the faith-driven leader stays in the position of being a faith-driven leader. Now, I want us to transition and talk about the ultimate faith-driven leader that we've got in the Old Testament, okay? We've got the New Testament, which is Jesus, but let's talk about the Old Testament here. If you look at everything about the Old Testament, it seems to revolve around this one leader, this one king, that leading up to him, it's all about leading up to King David. And then after King David, all the references are going back to King David, their father, King David, which he wasn't their father for many of them, for many of the kings. He was the grandfather, grandfather, grandfather. He was the distant, distant father, the distant relative. But King David is the example. And let me just say this. This is somewhat off script. When I read through the Old Testament and I see the way the Bible starts and the creation, and then it leads to a number of things, the nation of Israel, and then there's Moses that leads the people into the promised land. And God just wants a relationship with his people. And I'm sure that God knows where this is leading. He would love for his nation to be in place for the coming Messiah that will then reconnect us with a direct relationship with the Father. But somewhere along the way, his people start demanding a king. They really do want a king. And God tells Samuel that's not his best, but if they really want it, he'll give it to them. They say, we want a king. God's best is direct relationship, but they want a king. So he gives them a king. That king is King Saul. And he looks great, smells great. He fits the part. He's tall. He's good looking. And for just a short period of time, he did what he needed to do. But then he got off track. The king that followed was King David. And I'll walk through some of my notes here in just a moment to tell that story. But the contrast between those two is so powerful. For King Saul, he looked the part. He lived the part but he did not have the heart to stay connected with the one that put him in place. I think the one that puts all leaders in place, and that was God. David was a man that was after God's own heart. That is the difference between the two. They both made mistakes. We'll talk about that in just a moment, but that's the difference. So if you're looking for the contrast, the type leader that a faith-driven leader is, a faith-driven leader is someone like King David who is after God's own heart. Let's look at some things out of King David's life that we can also pull from. David is one of the most revered figures in the Bible, known for his leadership and strong faith. His life is a testimony to the importance of being a faith-driven leader. His story teaches us that faith is not just about success and victory, but it is about how we respond to our struggles and our mistakes. David's life was filled with struggles. We go back to the original story, he faced Goliath. He was fleeing from King Saul, who was trying to kill him. The person that he was going to follow was attempting to kill him, and he was dealing with the consequences of his own mistakes, that whole Bathsheba 
incident. However, through it all, David remained faithful and turned to God for guidance and strength time and time again. When he made mistakes, such as his affair with Bathsheba and his subsequent attempt to cover it up, which was horrible, by the way, he attempted and did have her husband killed to try to cover up the situation. David took responsibility for his actions and repented before God. This is a vital lesson for any leader, as I was talking about earlier, is to ask for forgiveness and repent as it is important to take responsibilities for one's actions and seek forgiveness. David's response to his mistakes also highlights the importance of being a humble and compassionate leader. Despite his power and success, David never lost sight of his dependence on God and his duty to serve his people. He recognized that his mistakes had consequences, not just for himself, but for those around him. And he worked to make things right. David's story teaches us that being a faith-driven leader requires not just faith and courage, but humility, compassion, and a willingness to learn from our mistakes. I highly recommend that you study the life of David. It starts in the book of Samuel and continues in both Kings and Chronicles. And then also, I think it's cool to read some of the Psalms that David actually wrote during the time that he was being chased by Saul. During the time that he was going through some of his challenges, he wrote many of those Psalms that we can read and just see what his heart was all about during that time. Again, like I said earlier, if we want to really see the contrast the example between what a faith-driven leader should look like and what they shouldn't look like, King Saul, all about himself, King David, a man after God's heart. That is how we overcome those challenges. That is the grit and the grace of faith-driven leadership. This is an important episode, and I'm hopeful that you'll share this with other people because I know other people that need to hear this. This, to me, some of the things we've covered here are the things that are causing the biggest challenges in our world today, not just with faith-driven leaders, but with all leaders, especially faith-driven leaders. We need to hear this. We need to hear how important it is to go through these steps and avoid some of these challenges that we listed out in this episode. One other thing to do. I've mentioned this in other episodes. We've got a quiz, the Faith Driven Quiz. Make sure you go take that quiz at timwinders.com forward slash Faith Driven Quiz. There's 20 questions there that just help you see how you're doing and get you thinking about some things. So thanks for listening in on this episode. We've got one more episode. Make sure you're subscribed and are prepared for next week's episode, which is Purpose Driven Leadership, how faith can transform your leadership. It's all about leading others. So we're building up to that thing that most people believe leadership is, which is leading others. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being a faith-driven leader. Until next time, continue being that faith-driven leader that I know you were created to be. Mm-hmm.